G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast, episode three for 2024. Today we're going to be talking about what have we learned in uh, 2023 and we can apply to this year to win a hat. Let's go! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Hilux, and I am joined, with, <laughs> as always, Luke Hat. Luke Hat on Let's the uh, podcast. We've worked out the secret sauce. The secret sauce just legally changed our names, and we are in. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy and Luke Roger at Luke. Rojo seventeen. Poor, Give us poor a- Darren. It's it's all skill, and we, we've just pivoted. Absolutely on the last all name. the name, <laughs> all the name. Uh, but yes, we are here to talk about lessons from two thousand and twenty three. What can we take away from last year? Because, as a wise man once said, there's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. That says, "Fool me once, shame on." Shame on you. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. <laughs> you know what I love about that sound grab? How concise it is. <laughs> you don't have to wait for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sounded better in my head, but... Um, I li- mate, I liked it and George Bush. Yeah, George Bush. Can't I do, get fooled again. No, I do some of my best work in the bush. So it's um, <laughs> it's good. Good sound grab. You know what I've just noticed as well? It t- talks about improvements in the yes. new year. yes. Have a go at that big boy up there. Oh, yeah. Well, if right. we've got the, uh, the premiership winning, winning three-time, you know, Norm Smith medalist. Mate, that's, that's an improvement we've made. We've realized yep. we were only repping the basketball on the wall and we yep. just, we, we said, get Dusty up there. We, we've got to get some, got to get some winners in here. Yeah. And we've got Kobe Bean Bryant and we've got Dustin Martin. So that can only mean good things. Yeah. That wouldn't make any sense in the podcast. I'm pointing at stuff. I got to. You've got to actually verbalise it yeah. in a podcast. Or just come watch on YouTube. Yeah, we'll do both. Yeah. That, that would be yeah, spicy. Uh, so, lessons from 2023. Um, yep. If you haven't already, go and check out our uh, early buy strategy podcast and video that was up a couple of days ago. We definitely didn't record it back to back because you can see we're wearing new shirts now. Completely which means different that outfit. We, yeah, we recorded on different days. So. Don't ruin the magic of, of recording, Luke. Uh, TV. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also go and check out my interview with Darren Carr, the two 2023 winner of AFL yeah. Fantasy. Lots of good nuggets in there for us to take away My from. My lawyers are still going to be in touch, by the way, for the slander that occurred in the I first know, part I don't of know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. I'll throw it over to you first. Please do. 2023, because um, this, I, I reckon this is the year of, of Luke Hatt. Um, what have you learned from 2023 that you're going to take away and bring it to this year that's going to send you into the top 100? There's there's a few things that I obviously want to talk about. Let's the first being more of a, a wondering than a, okay. a learning. Let's already say. going off script. All right, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I tend to. Um, can you can you be successful in fantasy in this day and age without being almost a hundred percent data driven? Like, is Ooh, the, okay. is there room for the loose like the the gut the like, gut call? Yeah, is there room for any of that? Because because I I felt let's look at my year last year. So, but like literally hours before the round opened, before Richmond Carlton, mm-hmm. I had Tim English in my team and I had Cade Chandler. And 
because of the overthinking and the gut aspect of it, yeah. Tim English became Tristan Sherry. Tristan Sherry. Cade Chandler became Finn Callahan, And then midway through that round, because Jerry went down, Jordan Dawson became Hayden Young. Oh, so, bro, I'm not wearing this shit hat in here if I could I go roll with English Chandler. and You know what I mean? It's a great starting point. Yeah, so, the point is, is like, do you just have to... Is it Moneyball? You just got to go data and you got to listen to all the podcasts. You got to, you know, listen to people who know their shit and you just got to fucking play the straight well, bat. Well, yeah, 100%. Well, one of my points, I'll... I'll use this to tie in my point for one of the lessons that I learned or I guess I kind of already knew this but it's like just another one to just drive home is is to try to take the emotion out of it as much as possible like obviously it's a game we want to have fun yep. and we'll come on here on the on the podcast on a Monday <laughs> night and chop people out of out of teams and, everyone you know, else's lesson should be don't listen to us <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen like, less to the ball boys sometimes you know on a podcast and, and it's all fun like we want to we yeah. want to you know we have our rage trades and ham it up and, and you know it <laughs> You have that emotion, but when it comes time to decision making yeah. and actually pulling the trigger on the trades, the emotion get it out of your system early, yeah. and then when you actually go to make a trade or game plan for the next few weeks, you want to be thinking logically rather than emotionally. So to answer your wondering, yeah, I do think that you know ninety five percent of it should be you know that logical money ball type scenario with a little bit of an element of gut feel. Like if we go back two years ago, I believe the winner round two or something like that traded in Andrew Brayshaw after he scored that one eighty or whatever he did, and yeah. conventional wisdom would say not to do that, but obviously he went on to win a bloody car, um, and that was a bit of a gut call. Um, so I think there is still a little bit of room for that, yeah. But I do think yeah, taking the emotion out is something you probably will want to do if you want to be successful. And I guess pinning that to a couple of examples from our seasons previously, the, the best portion of my season last year was was that sort of eight-week stretch where I just said to you every week, I'm just playing the straight bat. Yeah. I've got to get into it. Climbed climb. every week. I've got to climb yeah. it. And it's like, well, ironically, just kind of playing the straight bat every week was what got me to a respectable rank. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you had that decision, Cornelio or McRae. Yes. And probably all the data was suggesting to you, Go, Cornelio, go Cornelio, yes. And you kind of went with the gut. I went with the gut, yeah. And perhaps that costs yeah, you a well, bit. So, it cost me a bit. I yeah. mean, I, I think data's king. And whether whether you like it or not, it's kind of, that's yeah. it. And if you want to, I mean, if you play for fun and you want to fucking get on that gut call and, you know, they oh, come off yeah, for you, yeah. absolutely. This, I, I think this is more in, like, for those who want to be up the pointy end, you, you want to yeah. compete for a hat, you want to go for, you know, the, the best ranking you've ever had. Um, I think that that's probably the best way, and and there's still fun in that, right? Like oh. you know, I, I still enjoy that. Um, yeah, you're a fucking nerd. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I think I think you know <laughs> no, I one, one of my best trades last year was bringing in Andrew Brayshaw when I did, yeah. um, and, and there was some logic behind it, but there also was like Andrew Brayshaw is one of my favorite players to watch. Um, like I just love the way he goes about it, tries hard every game, and and you know. I just like watching him, really. And yeah. that was a bit of a gut call. It ended up being one of my best trades of the season. So um, there's a little bit there, but I do think the numbers need to support it for the most part. Yeah. What's your sure. next uh, lesson or wonderings from last year? Uh, look, th- this kind of ties into a couple of the points that I've I-, I talked about the straight bat approach and how that it was kind of, you know, death by a thousand cuts, just crawl your way back into it. But what I probably took out from last year from that scenario that I just talked about was... Is the is the vanilla team at the start of year the best? If I if I look at all the podcasts mm. and I listen to all the the people who know their shit and I read articles and it says you know pick Flanders and Adams and Grundy, even if I think oh you know should I well 
if everyone's doing it and I do it, my, my, my theory is you can't win a hat in the first round, no. but I reckon you can lose a hat. You, yeah, I, I do believe do you know I mean? that that is true to a certain extent. I think, because um, I've got a similar point here, is like unique players, it's a dangerous game, right? Mm. Like going the unique option, there's upside. And, and it look, in, in my interview with um, Darren, like he started someone like a Jaden Hunt who was very unique yep. at the time and that was a great pick. But he also faded someone like a Josh Dunkley, Josh Dunkley um, who was very popular. So there's still... a uh, an element there. Well, this is this is the thing. Is like I reckon calls like that will win you a Hilux, right? But calls like that might not be the ones that consistently get your hats. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying because I, th- I do believe most of the people who won hats last year probably did start Josh Dunkley still. And, yeah, and it's not like that sunk them. And um, from to- like because because we listen to so many podcasts and so there's so many just cluey cluey people mm. in in the fantasy community. Um, it it feels like they're just they're just consistent to a fault with their their thinking, their rationale, yep. their data, and that's what means that they're up there all the time. Yeah. Um. And I think there's there's that element. If you win the Hilux, there's a bit of luck involved in of that. Course, a lot of, of skill, course. but a yeah. bit in, a bit of luck to get to yeah. the top of the pile. Yeah. But in terms of consistently being in the top like 500, like those guys, yeah. in my mind, and I'm you know happy to stand corrected by some of those sort of better people out there in the community but for me that they're, they're probably data driven guys yeah and and I, I made a sort of a call last year where i traded out errol gould and then and i think that was it was a gutsy call it was something that i knew was risky at the time and and it and it didn't kill me for the first few weeks but it de- it ended up definitely hurting my chances to get up there because he was so popular um but Again, this is the luck element. Yeah. In an alternate, like, you know, other multiverse or whatever you want to call it, um, like Errol Goulden goes down in a first quarter injury, I'm shooting way up the yeah. rankings. And there's, like, yeah. that's the luck element, you know? And yeah. um, there's that's always going to be there. But I do think you probably give yourself the best chance by being as, I don't want to say as vanilla as possible, but being at least a level of vanilla especially early on, like yeah. up until the, the buy rounds and things like that. And that's when you can get a little bit crazy. But up until that point, like there's a reason players are popular, especially with the amount of data and podcasts and things out there. Yes. Like these aren't players that are just pulled out of nowhere. Like yeah. you know, people do know what they're talking about a lot these days. Um, with that being said, I do still think like, trust your gut. Like if, if there's a popular player and I still think, and I said this on the interview with Darren, I'm more leaning to the fact that if you can poke holes in a popular player, fading them as your point of difference, as opposed to shoehorning in a player who's unique for the sake of them being low ownership. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I think it's it's a better way to make your team unique by fading a popular player that you can poke holes in than having the popular players and maybe one or two really out there picks, potty kind of players. A lot of people that I've um, listened to as well have really made the point that, like, it's a trading game. As oh, much as the, as much as picking your first squad is reasonably significant, like if you pick a vanilla a vanilla team and you back that you've just you, you're going to make the best trades every week, mm. you're going to be there or thereabouts, aren't you? Yeah, and if you've got if you've got one or two things you need to fix up, that's different to the rest of the community. Like if if but if you've gone and picked five pods, yeah, and three of them don't work. You're in a you're in a big big yeah, hole right. there because you've got more holes to fix than other teams do. Yeah. Whereas if you've got maybe one or two, they don't work. You can fix that up, get yourself back on track, and then trade your way into a, into a good side. Um, but if you've got Tristan Sherry, Hayden Young, um, Josh Kelly, who concusses himself in oh, round yeah, one, and, and, and you start with all these other things, 
then it is a, it's it's right. a bigger hole for yourself to dig yourself out of, rather than like one or two things and you and you're fixed. So that was limit your amount of pods. Um, so to follow on that from that, my next yeah. point, my my point was unique players are a dangerous game, but it's sort of a sub point for that mm. is that I think that the point of difference plays are really only something you want to consider at all in the last two to three weeks of the season. Um, so this is to follow on that point where I traded okay. McRae over Canelio. Yeah. Uh, and I did that probably six weeks out from the end of the year. If we're looking back on that, it was too early to, for me to be factoring in ownership at that point. Yeah. Because the numbers in terms of like the role all pointed towards Canelio. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McRae was the guy that if things go right, yeah. if things change, he's low ownership, he's got the ceiling. So that point, of view, that's the Hail Mary. That's the Hail Mary. And you should only be going for the Hail Mary in the last 10 seconds. Yeah, and, and I think that we've mm. got to, I, I, mean, I need to understand that you can make up ground even by being vanilla, if you've got that time to chip away at it. Like yeah. you said, play the straight back. You've still got yep. six, five, four weeks even where you could chip away going up, you know, 100 yeah. ranking spots at a time or whatever if you're close. It's still doable. The last two to three weeks, if you're still a little bit away, then you might want to start to try those Hail Marys. But at least from my own experience, I did it too early last year and it sunk me. Um, this, and this until, year, that, until that last two to three weeks, I'm making the best play just regardless of ownership. If it's a really popular move, it's a vanilla move, doesn't matter. I'll do it. It's probably the one that if I think it's the best, I'll do it. There'll come a time this year where you're talking to me and you're like, oh, but just <laughs> my gut tells me like, I'll go with the data, Michael. Well, I, I still think, like I said, I still think it's a play for the gut, but I think I, I want to eliminate knowing ownership. When, knowing when that is is tough, but it is, your it gut is. always tells you that it wants yeah. you to go with it. But I want—I just want to eliminate ownership as like a factor that I'm I'm using in my decision making. I'm better at going with someone else's gut. Now you made a point um, before about fading popular players as being a way to find that point of difference. I wanted to talk about popular players in terms of starting with them because mm-hmm. we have we have some evidence. We have some evidence to the contrary as well, but we have a bit of evidence to say that a lot of these guys who are max priced guys. Yeah don't increase that value in the first little part of the year. So right. I know that there's a, a few guys that sort of break this mold. Like, I mean, Tim Taranto wasn't max price to start last year. Oh, he had value. He? Yeah. Yeah. So, but let's, let's go with like a guy like Josh Dunkley, who Darren faded and, you know, he's driving a Hilux. Um, Doherty had two sub 80 scores, it did get injured and he had a yep. one. F- uh, did he have a one? He was disappointed. Game start, yeah. He was. Yeah. And then Lady went 57, 142. That's huge. But then 83, 84, which was not yep. good enough for him. Even yep. the, fifth, the 142 didn't save the 57. So, do we start guys that are the million dollar men? Well, yeah. Well, I think I can't remember where this has come from, but uh, sometimes that's referred to as the pillars of strength. I think <laughs> I've heard it somewhere yeah. um, as like those guys that are you know top of their line. They were the best performing players of last year. Yeah. Um, last season in the forwards, mids, and defenders, they all failed. Basically, you would call them a, a not a good starting pick. They were all eventually in our teams at some point during the season. Which of course they're going to be. They're probably going to be the top top in their line. A hundred percent. But. Um, to your point, like, should we start with them? And, and I do think that 
well, you need to have a very good reason. I still think you should be picking players who, and and this is interesting, again, referencing what Darren said in our interview, that he sometimes doesn't need every position to be value, Mm. which kind of flies in the face of what I've been doing the last couple of years. So there's a bit of um, room to disagree here, but I do still think that you're trying to look with players with upside in every position. Yeah. And when you average 120, 110, it's hard to back it up, really. Like, it's so many things can happen. And also, you've got to do it at the right time. Yeah. Like, you might go on to have, you know, like a Doherty had a great season, Dunkley had a great season. Yeah. But in those first five weeks, if it's just slightly below what we need them to be, yeah. Others get on cheaper. Um, they lose cash, you're a little bit behind. It's the opportunity um, cost, isn't yeah. it? Like you pay for a guy that's 1.2 mil who in the first five weeks does the same thing as a guy who's priced at 800, 900K. Yeah. Suddenly you've spent 400K more and yeah. you got the same amount of points you could have spent that money elsewhere. So what then, where, where does that leave me and leave us with, we don't want to potentially pay up for those like Uber guys at the start of the year, but... Do we want captain options? Like, where do we where do we yeah. find that? So, this was one of my philosophies that we went through last year. Is that I still think you need to have two to three, maybe four captain options that you can have on any given week. So, um, but they don't have to come from the most expensive players. For example, last year Tim Taranto was a go to caption every week for yeah. the first half of the season, but he was priced below a hundred, I want to say. But with the role that he was put into he was someone that very clearly presented himself as a captain option. So I still think you can you can do that. And looking at the fixture is going to be a big thing. And yeah. this is, again, something that Darren said he did a lot of, even from the starting point. He went, okay, who has the best run to start? Who's going to be someone that I can rely on as a captain, even if they're not fully priced? Or they're not like a, a go-to gun that you would typically think of? Yeah. Um, so yes is the answer, but they don't have to be those top guys. Um, people put up big numbers every week that are maybe not, the highest averaging guys, but they've got the best matchup. Yeah. Because, um, like, if you look at Toronto, see, he's a good he's a good example of this. If you flipped his first half and his second half, we might be talking about him totally different. We might be like, oh, in the second half, he went off. Let's start him in our team now. But yeah. it's all about when they perform the big numbers versus do they perform those big numbers at all? Because he averaged, what, 111 or something on the season. But it was a tale of two halves. That's right. Looking at that average doesn't always tell the full story, does it? If you pick him again this year, he does exactly the same thing. It'd be a great pick because yeah. he starts off really strong. People can't get on because he's too expensive. But if he does the, what he finished the year on, it's a terrible pick. Um, but at the end of the day, he's still going to average 110, yeah. uh, which is a good, you know, you're paying for what you get. So it, it, the timing is very important. And I think that's where the fixture can be big. Yeah. You know, what are the matchups? Do they do are they going to get fingered in the first few weeks? <laughs> um, are they coming up against like a Port Adelaide or a Carlton or something like yeah. that who are harder to score against? Something else that that you know may or may not factor in as well is is some of these just elite talents in the AFL. Are they fucking ex- inspired for round one through five or round zero through five? Very true. If I'm Marcus Bontempelli, I'm like uh, you know maybe Brownlow on my mind or whatever after being. But you're not going to win the Brownlow in week one or two. You're going to have to be doing sustain for the entire season. I mean, yeah, you maybe maybe you're looking for that. But most of these guns are, are like they've got their eyes on premierships. They've got yep. their eyes on finals footy. So they're cruising in, you know, and they're going to build. They're going to yep. build throughout the year. So that's something to kind of perhaps have in the back of your mind. Any uh, any more lessons that you? Yeah. So other there? lesson for me was that it's. I mean, this is kind of obvious, but it's a long long season and that it is important more than ever to be patient and to also have a level of perseverance. Um, 
not everything's going to go right for you during the season. Um, you might trade in a Callum Mills who scores a three and gets injured. <laughs> um, and that, that could happen. But I still think that a lot of the times we might throw the, you know, all the toys out of the cot and, um, you know, kind of go a bit loose when something like that happens. But having that... What are you looking at me weird? I'm, not, I'm going to throw the toys out of the cot this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, throw what it out. You Don't make promises on my behalf, mate. I'm going to be throwing <laughs> toys left, right and set. I'm not changing a thing. But if we go back to that other point, which is taking an emotion out of it, like if, if you just persevere, you, you can claw your way back. And um, it's it's a fucking long season. It's 24... Like we've this got that extra. inspirational, man. I'm, well, yeah. I'm, you know, come to build the people up. <laughs> Anyone can do it. Um, but yeah, like just be patient. Your yeah. time will come. Chip away each round. You're not going to get all back in one go. And uh, I think that that is something that some of the better players do have the ability to do. This, sorry, I was just just thinking about how to phrase it. This is not necessarily a lesson from last year, but this is something that I think to take in. Because it's the first year where we've had these early buys, there's going to be so much talk, so much speculation, so much focus on these early buys. Just a little like word of warning. Make sure that your team is also set up for the later buys. Because last year picking out starting squads, there was a level of consideration that was given to those later buys. Mm-hmm. Consider those this year too. Yes, like, don't, <laughs> don't, yeah, don't like tie yeah. yourself up like a pretzel trying to f- work yeah, out these yeah. first buys and then have fucked yourself later on down there. So just yeah. maybe click on that little... Uh, yeah, just make sure you don't have 15, 15, <laughs> round 15 buy yeah. players. Yeah. Yeah. Just something to think about because I found myself the other day I was obsessing over these first buys and I thought, maybe I should fucking consider that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're that, the ones that will kill you. Very, very good point. Uh, what's, what's your next one? Um, now this is, I put this last one in as a bit of tongue in cheek because when we did this equivalent podcast last year, my, my very first lesson was, or my very first sort of philosophy yep. about fantasy was pick players that you like watching. And yep. then, and then at, you went, and you went, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I'll watch Hayden Young. <laughs> at many different occasions throughout the year, I threw that out the window and yep. for the most part, it fucked me. Like yes. if, if you just go back to that starting squad, pick Nick Dacos, you know, pick you're going to like watching Nick Dacos and yep. then for the first Seven, eight weeks of the year. I hated you lamented watching, AFL fantasy. Hated watching Nick <laughs> yeah. So that's for me another lesson is like at the end of the day, we do play because we yeah. enjoy it. Um, back back your own rules in is maybe <laughs> to tie that in, you know. Don't deviate from the plan. <laughs> yeah, these lessons. Remember these lessons. Yeah. This Save would be these. like if this was a movie, this would like flashback now from the you know, the yeah, end yeah. of this <laughs> year and I've, <laughs> and I've not followed any lessons. Yeah, uh yeah, no, that that is a good point. Like back back what you said in previously and also yeah, it is it is a game that we're supposed to have fun at the end of the day. Um so I, I do agree with you there. My my last point in kind of in um, thing with that is that it is a game, but it also, I don't know, for someone who takes it as seriously as I do and lives and breathes it, uh, it's important to take mental breaks at points during okay. the season. Um, this is becoming a self-help. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Podcast. I don't know. But, but I, I, like sometimes, especially when, you know, and this is maybe more for the people who are right up the top there and feeling the pressure, um, like, especially in the years of like the rolling lockout where, you know, if you want to, save yourself from a LDU late out or something yeah. like that. You, you kind of almost have to be switched on and across the news and things like that, have alerts and shit going on, have mates text you when bloody Jared Witts is out and we want to quickly jump oh, on a Tim bro. English. That was... Set, was, up, set up a little bit of a text chain or something. I was like on the highway. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> I wasn't driving. Jared um, Witts is out. Train, trade. Making that trade. Yeah. Um, like where you can, like the, you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday, like, you know, tune into podcasts or anything like that, but like, just, just chill. Like, don't, don't feel like you've got to be consuming it all the time. And then, 
you'll you know, last a bit more throughout the entire This feels season. as one of those classic just <laughs> do as I say, not as I do type scenarios. Yeah, I'm going to be consuming this shit like fucking crazy and uh, burning <laughs> you're, out by you're round trying to 16. get a leg up. You go, guys, just woo up a little yeah, bit so like, I can come uh, with we'll, it. Maybe start round two. Like. <laughs> <laughs> be so relaxed you're not even participating and then I'll run away to car. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you sneaky operator, you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think like sometimes... It, it's more. It's more because of the rolling lockout these days. I think. Yeah. That, you know. You, you you lose a bit of that kind of. Yeah. But anyway, that that's those are my lessons. That's all I, I sort of put in there. Um, do you have any more you want to throw up there? Or I don't have a, a lesson, but I think a good point to finish on, which I think is something that just is invaluable, is listen like listen to the the content that's out there because I know we have a bit of fun and we poke fun and you know we. We talk a lot of shit, but there's some people out there who who fucking know what they're doing. So if uh, if you haven't, get on all the the podcast platforms, get on YouTube. There's so many great people um, doing content for AFL Fantasy. I won't list list names because I know I'll yep. probably miss someone, but check out what everyone's doing because yeah. um, the more you know, information is power, and the more yeah, insights yeah. you get, the better off you're going to be. So yeah, information is power, and at the end of the day, the more informed you are, the better you'll be able to make your own decision and back your gut in and go from there. But uh, yeah, Correct I think that, that might do us. We'll keep this one short and sweet. Uh, and the, oh, the last lesson I learned is that <laughs> listen to the Ball Boys Big Boys and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you'll have a great year. I think that is the uh, the the final <laughs> lesson of 2023. Long live the Big Boys. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure hit the thumbs up video if you enjoy the podcast and subscribe over YouTube. Give us a five-star rating and we'll see you next time where we're talking Defenders. Laters. <laughs> <laughs>